Uh, I guess farmers are, you know, some of the best innovators going around. They are adapting as well as anyone um, to climate change, and it's fascinating to see some of the initiatives that they're, they're doing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Capital in Conversation, AMP Capital's internal podcast helping you get to know the people behind the job titles. My name is India Robert Smiley, and I'm an employee experience communications consultant here at AMP Capital. For this week's episode, I sat down with Rob Hamilton, AMP Capital's senior institutional business executive. Rob is based in Melbourne and has been with AMP Capital for nine years in various roles in the debt advisory and institutional team. We spoke about his client-facing role and how it's been impacted in 2020, his passion for agriculture, the joys and tribulations of homeschooling in stage four lockdown, and how he and his family are coping in what has been a challenging few months for Victorians. Here's Rob. Well, Rob, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, India. Good to speak to you. I will jump straight in and ask, are you a coffee or a tea drinker and how do you have it? Uh, coffee, uh, I'll have a medium latte <laughs> with one sugar. Nice. I know that the coffee snobs in Melbourne probably would say that you don't need the sugar, but um, I think it just adds to the kick uh, for me. Hey, each their own. Sugar is always a good idea, especially in the morning. Give you a nice little boost. Exactly. Um, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, my sister tells me that as a four-year-old, I wanted to be a zookeeper, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing that come through uh, with my own young kids. But um, in reality, through my teens, and uh, I wanted to be a sports commentator or a sports journalist. So uh, I've got the headphones on at the moment recording this interview and um, <laughs> really enjoyed doing that. I, I did um, trial it a little bit as a, as a teenager. I called local football managers on the uh, matches on the on the community radio. Um, but then I think at the end of high school, I got a little bit safe uh, with my selections around university courses and went down the path of commerce and law. So I've never never really um, pursued it uh, in full. Was it the sports side or the commentating side that, that you enjoyed or that drew you to that? Oh, I, a bit of both. I guess uh, I would have loved to have been a sports star but the talent that I uh, had wasn't going to be allowing me to do that so I guess uh, commentating was was the next best thing and it's quite um, it, you know involves a lot of analysis and preparation and and um, you know understanding the stories behind the game it was something I really enjoyed. So what um, what led you to choose law and commerce? Uh, I guess I had two brothers who are in that field um, and they were highly influential on my life. I find it actually interesting in Australia that we're asked to decide what career path we want to take so early. I think we're pressured as young people of 15 and 16 year olds to choose subjects which then go into our what degree we'll end up doing and then that, that naturally flows into what career you're in. Whereas I've from talking to colleagues in the UK and the US, it feels like there's an opportunity to do more general degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can do for history and then all, all of a sudden work in an investment bank or a fund manager. Uh, and that 
I think is more healthy in that it allows people to contemplate their lives um, a little bit more before choosing their career. So I guess it was by default that I went into to finance. It's been a great career because there's plenty of um, great opportunities and the people you meet along the way are, are great, but that's essentially how I got into this field. Nice. And so you're obviously currently at AMP Capital based in Melbourne. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what what your role is and what you're responsible in delivering? Yep. So I think... I think the title is Senior Institutional Business Executive. It's uh, a grand title, but essentially <laughs> uh, we are the sales uh, and relationship management team for institutional clients in Australia. Um, so what we mean by institutional clients, that's government agencies, industry super funds, uh, insurers, uh, and then I guess charities and, and large family offices. So uh, we are the conduit between the client and the business, we're in such a privileged position where we get to hear what clients are, are wanting to invest in or what's of interest to them and then speaking to the super talented teams within AMP Capital about what we might have that might be able to help our clients. So uh, extremely reliant on uh, all the internal teams, investment teams, client services teams, marketings, um, where we get to um, put our name to some some nice responses to clients. Mm. It's, I mean, 2020 has been obviously a crazy year um, and I definitely want to, I want to touch on sort of how you're navigating being in Victoria at the moment, but what's it been like in a client facing role? Um, has there, I mean, what's the biggest difference in your opinion been in the client world, um, say from this year, 2020 to last year normally? Mm. So I touched on my role being in, in sales uh, for the institutional land, but clearly in Australia, we've got a huge book of existing clients. So there is an element of relationship management to those existing investments that clients have with us. And mm. I think this year, the dial just had to go towards relationship management, uh, firstly, within the COVID um perspective so clients were quickly rushing to work out what their exposures were how liquid they were what their invest really understanding their investments in detail that they'd never had to because they were having to report to their boards and their stakeholders about the investments they had so certainly in that initial phase it was about just being with the client and helping them get whatever they need um, to understand their portfolio and i think yeah, in more recent months, the, the difficulties we've had at AMP Capital, the same applies. Uh, it's just about delivering on our promises and, and making sure that clients are getting whatever information they need to understand the circumstances and, and report to to their stakeholders. And I mean, for, for a lot of our AMP Capital employees um, aren't in Victoria. How is the the feeling down there? Um, obviously. Do you chat to friends over the phone, that kind of thing? But how's the general sort of atmosphere in, in Melbourne and in the city? Yeah, it's it's trying. Um, certainly there's a um, an anxiousness to get to the next step. I think um, people have, feel like they've they've paid their dues and, and, and done the hard work and they're they're really keen to to yeah. see their freedoms reinstalled. Um, we were extremely lucky that when the lockdown was announced, we were in rural Victoria. Um, so the, for the first part of the school term or, the, or that lockdown, the first six or seven weeks, we stayed in rural Victoria where the restrictions were less uh, mm -hmm. pronounced. Um, but we've come back to Melbourne since. And yeah, you can see it. There's a fair amount of um, 
uh, tiredness amongst the community and it's really sensitive times actually. I mean, there's people who've lost their jobs amongst the parent community at the school. So certainly you need to be careful about complaining. It's 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 a really sensitive time and I think you just have to be grateful for, for what you've got with your family or, or work. Absolutely. How, so your children are in primary school age, I'm guessing. Yeah, How yeah, is my, their home learning going? Uh, pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, she usually sits behind me at school holidays um, today and so nice to have my little advisor sitting in the room next to me all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough juggling and and I think um, my wife and I have done pretty well to, to help each other out. Often I'll take the two younger ones on a long walk if I have a, a webinar or a call, mm-hmm. a long call to make um, just to provide that space at home. But we're making it work, but I, I think our appreciation of the teaching fraternity has definitely gone up and I'm looking forward to school going back next term. Um, What is something that you're passionate about outside of work? Uh, I've already talked about sport, but the other one would be agriculture. Um, So I grew up on a a wheat and sheep farm in Western Victoria. Um, And so I've still got cousins and friends on on the land up there. Um, so always interested to see how the season's going. And I guess when I'm talking to clients um, in Adelaide and I'm asking about the weather, uh, I've got an ulterior motive because actually <laughs> the, uh, the weather in um, Horsham where I grew up is almost identical to Adelaide the day later. So um, always interested okay. what's going on in Adelaide. Um, and fortunately, my wife's family are also farmers. They, they're graziers. They um, have cattle and cattle and sheep. And so... My family don't farm anymore, um, but I've got the, um, I guess, the luxury or pleasure of still being involved in in farming through my wife's family, which is fantastic. They're they're in the Yarra Valley. Oh, beautiful! Wow. So you grew up on a wheat and sheep farm. Did you have to help out much on the farm when you were growing up? Uh, I did. I was probably not the best farmer's son. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, um, but I guess if um, yeah, you know, if there was weighing up whether to do farm work or or schoolwork, I'd probably did that. Uh, it was only really when I got to university and had a bit more time on my hands and saw how interesting the agricultural degree was and what what some of my friends from university were doing that I really got deeply interested in it. And by that stage, it was probably already on the path to um, to the finance world. Interesting. Well, exactly. At least your wife's got a farm, so you can still sort of play in that space still a little bit. Yeah, oh, no, it's 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 super interesting, and uh, I guess farmers are, you know, some of the best innovators going around. I think you know the reputation of farming. They're not great at self-promoting their profession, but in terms mm. of adapting to climate change and things like that, the um, the wheat farmers, particularly that I've seen, are. They are adapting as well as anyone um, to climate change, and it's fascinating to see some of the initiatives that they, they're doing. Oh, that sounds awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about what these sort of technologies are, what one of your favourite um, pieces of technology is that the farmers are using at the moment? Yeah, so, I mean, in the cropping world, um, they're using GPS technology a lot. So if you think about um, when they're planting the crop, 
the cedar comes behind the tractor and plants the crop in a certain spot one year and then the next year um, they use GPS technology to move the path of the tractor across so that the the seed goes into the gap between the rows of the previous year so that they're using the land less uh, and the nutrients uh, are being spread between different years and the land gets a chance to restore itself whilst they're still crop. Wow, and so they're using, as in GPS satellites, they're using satellites to tell them where to plant crops deep in the soil. Yeah, so the, the, wow. the beam comes down from the GPS into the tractor. Um, that instructs the tractor to drive on a certain line uh, in the, once it's programmed. Wow, that is so impressive. I had no idea they were even doing things like that. Yeah, no, super cool. Um, okay, I've got some final final quick fire questions for you. Uh, first one is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, what would I say to myself? I guess oh, I'd probably say do as much as you can in your 20s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I think, you know, there's a focus, rightfully, there's a focus on work-life balance in our lives. But I think in your 20s, um, I'd just say yes to as much as many things as you can whether that's study working hard taking on a project going to a festival meeting new people outside your group um because your life will quickly fill up with other crap uh once you get to your 30s so i'd encourage anyone in their 20s to just play hard and, and work hard you can rest on uh, late on sunday afternoon you can rest when you're 30. Probably yeah. not, actually. Um, is there anything that you wish you'd done? Any single thing you wish you'd done in your 20s? Probably travel more. I, I, I did do a little bit of travel, but, um, yeah, I think I probably should have done more in that mm -hmm. time. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received and who was it from? Oh that be um one that's come up in the last couple of years i don't know who it's attributable to there's all sorts of business coaches have wheeled it out is uh, trust is an economic driver uh, and so what that, what they mean by that is if you've got it then business speeds up if you have if you lose that trust then it slows down mm -hmm. um and i think we all see that whether that's internally uh, working with our colleagues, but I see it particularly with clients. Um, you know, if there's a tr trust deficit there or any concern around trust, then you know, business really slows down and you get caught up in the in the detail. Um, mm. But if the trust is there, um, I think things can progress far more easily. I think people sort of see trust as a fluffy thing that you need, um, yeah. but when someone articulated it as being an economic driver, I think that. Really mm. uh, okay, last question. What does success look like to you? Uh, I, th I think I'll take a tack in terms of home life. I think if I've got a happy, healthy and contented family who've got heaps of great opportunities and I'm involved in those opportunities, I'm happy. Uh, and I think if work fit can fit in around that, that's perfect. Oh, that's a good one, especially in what is a challenging time for you, I can imagine in Victoria, but exactly, at least you got everyone home and everyone happy and healthy for now. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and 
the support from our colleagues around the world for Melbournians has been uh, noticeable. So thanks to everyone for that. Thank you very, very much for sitting down and having a virtual cup of coffee with me and best of luck to you and the family and we hope everything definitely starts improving COVID-wise soon. Thanks, India. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Capital in Conversation. If you're after more episodes just like this one, please go to the Capital in Conversation workplace page. And if you have anyone you'd like me to interview, leave a comment on the page and we'll make it happen soon.